podcast of the Maine Community Foundation. I'm Taylor Mace. Access to clean drinking water has long been an issue at Sabayag, home to about 700 people who live at the Passamaquoddy Reservation near Eastport. Residents for decades have lugged gallons to their homes because water from their taps is discolored, smells bad, and contains high levels of a contaminant that increases the risk of cancer. Now, a new main law will provide Sabaic residents the right to secure clean drinking water by drilling wells and working with the Federal Environmental Protection Agency. Today, we are joined by Lisa Sakabasin, co-CEO of Wabanaki Public Health and Wellness in Bangor and Millinocket. She talks about the water issue and the importance of healing and recovery for Wabanaki people, members of the Maliseet, Penobscot, Mi'kmaq, and Passamaquoddy tribes. I am a Passamaquoddy citizen from Madotmaguk, Indian Township, which is a Passamaquoddy community in Washington County. Our sister community, the Passamaquoddy tribe of Zibayig, is closer to the ocean and we are freshwater people. So we are near lakes and our Passamaquoddy people of Zibayig are right along the ocean. I have the pleasure and honor of leading Wabanaki Public Health and Wellness, which is a quickly growing nonprofit that serves the five tribal communities, four tribal nations, and indigenous people all throughout the state. I like to say that we also serve indigenous people, or I should say Wabanaki people, that live outside the state too. Whenever we can connect Wabanaki people back to their traditional homeland, we believe that's healing. So our geographic boundaries go far beyond our state or any one of our counties. It truly is making sure that we serve Wabanaki people wherever they may go home. What public health challenges do Wabanaki people in Maine face? It's a big question. Wow. What challenges do we face? Um, you know, I like to look at things from an asset perspective or what gifts, you know, what, what values, what knowledge and wisdom do we have? Do we have to both direct the way that we heal and provide healing services and also what we can provide non-Indigenous people in alternative ways of healing. I often say that healing doesn't happen in the hospitals. It happens through connection to medicines, our traditional medicines, our people, our culture. So we offer a different way of healing, I believe, that is dictated by 10,000 years of wisdom, knowledge handed down from our ancestors. And that is what guides us. And I believe that is what is needed to guide all of us. So the work that we do is very much centered on healing. So in terms of public health challenges, well, if we step it back a bit, we can talk about historical trauma, right? And the impacts on indigenous people of colonization. 
what were those impacts? How are they manifesting today? How does that trauma get passed down generation to generation? There's a lot of damage. It's been a lot of harm. And now what we're doing is going back to those instructions from our culture, from our ancestors, living out what we know makes us well and trying to share that with others because we believe that connection to land, that connection to water, that connection to each other is what provides us the strength to deal with whatever challenge it is that we may be facing. But I can't go without saying, when you talk about a public health challenge, I think about the most basic challenges. So I think about the access to clean water. And right now, if anybody is paying attention in Augusta, we have LD906. That piece of legislation, wow, it gets me emotional that people today have no access to clean drinking water. When we think about that, no access for a day is a crisis. For a week, it's even worse. It probably makes the news when a community has a lack of access for a day, right? You see that on the news and you see the mitigation strategies. A week is a bigger crisis. Aid organizations come in. We have a plan to deal with that problem. It's generations of people not having access to clean drinking water (laughs) when in other parts of the state, one day makes the news. One week, there's a response effort. And for us, we're talking four decades of not having access. What is that? Well, it's racism. (laughs) There's nothing else that makes sense to me. I don't know. Does anything else make sense to any of you? I don't know. Water is sacred. Water is life. We've heard this. How are we responsible to what gives us life? And not just to the water, to the people of Wabanaki territory, and that goes beyond our own people. At Zibayeg, where we have a water crisis, we have people on our team, wow, amazing people that are lugging clean water from a clean water source, 80 pounds every time they're lugging water to a home. And sometimes it's multiple jugs of water. So they are busy, but we had to develop a system of water delivery quickly. Once we teamed up with the tribal nation under Chief Maggie Dana's leadership, teaming up together, being able to create that system right in communities so people knew how to you know, have access to clean water. So no longer were they depending on hoping the filter worked on their faucet or, or 
dealing with the dirty water that comes out of it. So we have a lot of water programs. We're also working with Good Shepherd. So we're making sure water delivery at this point in time is happening. So we also are lugging it and we're getting, we have a partnership where we're getting it right in delivered in community. And then that's distributed to think that you can't even grow a vegetable in Maine. What's our brand? It's clean. It's pristine. And you can't grow a vegetable in many areas because we've poisoned her. So healing is in the land and what indigenous people need is to be responsible to her. That's why land back is so important. Not just for us, because when we heal her, you benefit too. A lot of our efforts around healing and recovery is creating sacred spaces for people to connect, connect to the land. Also to have opportunity to grow our vegetables in a way that we won't be poisoned that we can do it through ceremony, through harvesting seaweed from the ocean and bringing that to our gardens. So at our organization, we focus a lot on that healing and recovery. We also focus on the water. And really in all of our work, it really is about connecting to culture, connecting to our land, connecting to ceremony. In 2021, Maine saw a record 636 overdose deaths a 23% increase from the year before. Wabanaki Public Health and Wellness has quickly found ways to provide care for those with substance use disorder. If you needed to get a family member or a loved one detox services, where would you send them? If you have your place identified, you call them. Is there a bed available? People call detox services every single day in the state. Today, there are no beds. Yesterday, there were no beds. The day before that, there were no beds. And I can guarantee tomorrow, there will be no beds. We have a public health crisis that just doesn't impact the people I serve. It impacts many people in Maine. And then I think about, because I can't help not, the injustices that are occurring each and every day that also are invisible. And that's the access to substance use recovery services and detox services when you need them. So, because if anybody works in the area of recovery, what you know is, or had a family member who needed recovery, when they were ready to go, you go. You need a place to go when you're ready to go. And we don't in the state. So, What Wabanaki did and thought of, because we saw it too many times when people would come into our services and detox was the right place. There's no place to go. So where there are no beds, we get more. So we're going to be opening, hopefully, (laughs) before the end of the summer, our first detox and healing center in Bangor. And... We are going to be open to anybody who needs services. We also are for lots of individual 
counseling, case management, soon to be full recovery services, intensive outpatient and partial hospitalization services for recovery in Millinocket on our campus. So those services complete with a healthcare team, both indigenous and non-indigenous working together to offer both culturally centered services as well as those services that anybody would get at any other treatment center. We have a Wabanaki men's recovery home that we opened in May of last year in Bangor. Wow, to watch the healing that's happened in that home is just, I don't know, what a gift. And now this May, we're opening the first Wabanaki women's home, again in Bangor, a beautiful home. And we're going to be able to welcome 12 Wabanaki women into that home that are on all different places in their recovery journey. We already have people lined up. What we know is people are ready to heal. So our recovery services are quickly expanding. Wabanaki Public Health and Wellness also has youth development programs and offers services for older people. We have a partnership with our tribal schools. It's called Project Venture. It's an in-school, out-of-school, and weekend program where they really get connected to culture and, and outside. Through Maine Community Foundation, we were able to create the Literacy and Love program, which was a focus on literacy and kindergarten readiness. And during the pandemic, that disconnection and people at home, we wanted to make sure we were getting um, books in the hands and in the households of every Indigenous household. And so we were really able to focus on Indigenous authors for for our young um, households and really be able to have a different relationship with learning and reading. Implemented the color paper program in at least two of the tribal communities where people had colored pieces of paper and it signified something like I need supplies, which often meant I need water. Um, I need a conversation. I need a connection today. We really wanted a system where we could see right from the road, driving by in the community, what's going on with folks. What do they need? So if people couldn't leave their homes and we encourage people not to during the pandemic, that they had access to whatever they needed through the system. Traditional indigenous medicine and healing through nature are important parts of Wabanaki public health and wellness's work. I asked Lisa why having culturally relevant services is important to the Wabanaki people. We've heard from so many people who have found healing in Wabanaki tradition and culture, non-native people. We've heard stories from people who have left Maine State Prison, non-Native, and healed in their experience, in their connection to the sweat lodge that is on prison grounds. But that sweat lodge and connection to the indigenous people in that ceremony offered 
them healing. And some of them, that was it. That changed them moving forward. But cultural centeredness, it's the questions like, when I brought people together, indigenous people, non-indigenous people talking about creating the healing center in Millinocket. And the questions weren't about what are those clinical services we want to provide? What I want to do when we gather is I want us to talk about the experience. I want us to talk about how do you want the place to feel when you walk in? Meaning, what do you want to smell in the air? What's comfort to you? What do you want around you? What do you want to sit on? What do you want to hear? What music is playing for you? Who's around? Who's greeting you? This is a vulnerable time. Who do you want around? And you create from that place. So anyone can do it. It's about being centered, not just in creating the sacred space, but also how you carry out your day, how you start your day, how you end your day, how you interact, how you squash those hierarchical structures that we're all so used to that we understand our roles and each of our roles are so critical to that experience. It's not that we ha- anyone has more value. It's all critical to what we just created in that picture. And so cultural centeredness is, I guess, all of that. And I'm just describing it probably in this way because I think it's so easy for all of us to do that in any organization we're in. It's not hard to think about what music do you want to walk into? Do you want to smell chocolate chip cookies or blueberry muffins or fry bread? Or maybe you just want some tea. What is it that brings you home? People come and visit us and I urge you to visit us. We have tours this summer in May, June, July, and August. And we don't just give you a tour of the gathering place and the property. We want you to feel our values when you come. We want you to to feel like you belong there. It's a magical place, Mount Katahdin. So I urge you to visit. And thank you for this time. Suli one, thank you. For more about Wabanaki public health and wellness, visit wabanakiphw.org. For immediate assistance, call 1-844-844-2622. Thank you for listening to Maine Ties, a podcast of the Maine Community Foundation. Subscribe to Maine Ties wherever you get your podcasts or find all episodes on our website, www.mainecf.org. Thank you.